You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Something good for ya. And welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. And I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and sitting beside me during this quarantine series, as always, is the one and only Captain Nunn. What's up? And we are extremely happy and extremely privileged, I would say, uh, to have this next guest on here. We've had the pleasure of sharing a bill with him up in West Virginia, and as a guitarist, I certainly admire his skills. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt Gabs of the Ravagers to the show. Yay! What up, guys? Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, and uh, we, we've already been talking a little bit in pre-roll, so we already feel kind of warmed up. But just in general, it's nice to kind of uh, already catch up with you again because hanging out with you at the rim, that was really fun because, you know, of course, I would say my introduction to you was through Biters, but of course, Ravagers, they immediately hooked me. And seeing you perform live with them, that was something that just really – struck me if that makes any sense because you have a different style playing with them and that's where i kind of saw like the aggression of your playing come out and it's fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> um that, that 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 was a big part of why i wanted to play until i was like i could do all all the things i shouldn't be doing with biters on oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, would he uh would what was like uh would you try to do like metal chops or something like that and he'd get mad or something like that? No, I mean, I don't even have metal chops, but um, I, I guess my, my natural sloppiness lends to um, a punk rock band like Ravagers way more than like a tight rock and roll unit like Biters was. Right, like, gotcha. It's cute a little bit, but I got I got more than a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think and I think that's what was fun uh, talking with you at the rim is, you know, we just started exchanging bands that we liked. It was like, holy fuck. And then, I think it's always so cool how that's the number one thing musicians can always connect on. We can always throw out just a list of bands, and at some point, we're going to meet in the middle and be like, fuck yes, they're the greatest oh, thing yeah. ever. <laughs> we're fucking caveman. You just you know wear the right t-shirt. And like, what are you drinking, man? Yeah, we're really. friends now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. I made a lot of friends that way. <laughs> so Nobody I mean, knows that record. Where'd you find that shirt? Holy shit. <laughs> dude, like, how the fuck do you know who this band is? Yeah, yeah. What's funny is the two bands that have been unifiers for me have been the Super Suckers and Danko Jones. Oh, it seems cool. like anytime I meet someone that like knows them, they're like immediately friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my old band, uh, we played a lot of shows with Super Suckers. Um, they had some kind of like uh, ties to Baltimore through um, our label, actually. Our label, Reptilian, put out a Super Suckers record. And so we ended up getting Bill with them a lot. Fucking awesome band. Fucking awesome guys. And then Danko Jones, kind of the same thing. They, um, they actually were... were uh, Danko was the first person to take fighters to Europe or me to Europe in general for the first right. time in school. Well, awesome. Well, hell, I didn't know that about your first band. So I think that's a nice little segue to kind of dive into it. So Biters definitely isn't your first band. What, what kind of, what kind of style did you really kind of hop into? Cause again, you've got tight rock and roll with Biters, sloppy punk rock. You're not really sloppy well, punk. But well, sloppy, sloppy punk, 
No, no, no. Sloppy Punk Rock was um, how I ended up in Biters. That was my band before, or that was what I was doing before Biters. I was playing in a band called Fishnet Stalkers, and we used to play a lot of shows with Tuck, singer of Biters, mm -hmm. old band, um, Heart Attacks. Uh, they were also like loose, like Dead Boys, Dolls kind of right. rock and roll. Fucking awesome. I saw and them fun guys. at Showdown a couple years ago. It was uh, I think it was the 2017 one or the 2018 one. I can't the remember. Heart Attacks reunion? Yeah, it was, uh, well, it was, yeah, there was the, I think it was a reunion. Yeah, but it was Heart Attacks headlining one of the showdowns. Right, 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 right. Yeah, man, but back in the day, man, it was, it was, it was even better. <laughs> was uh, Chris Hall in, uh, wasn't he in Fishnet Stalkers? Um, so when, when I left, uh, after being in that band for five years, I, I, uh, I, I left right before joining Biters and Chris Hall and, and a friend of his, uh, his name was Cody, and uh, Cody else? with a T. I don't know. There was some. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> okay. But um, anyway, there was a lineup change. Like um, I left, and then the drummer left, and so they had yeah, they had a big, big switch up there. What was it? Who the hell was the third? I can't remember. But um, yeah, yeah. He, Chris Hall played with Fishnet Stalkers for a year or two before I think they ended up breaking up, but gotcha. Yeah. I, was I remember I was talking with him, uh, it was a few months ago or something like that. He mentioned fishnet stalkers. And then you started talking fishnet stalkers. I'm thinking, Oh, that's cool. I don't know if y'all are like playing together as, as a whole lineup or anything like that. What's that? Oh, uh, you and Chris, I don't know if y'all are in the, in the band together. Oh not. no, not at the same time, but gotcha. after, um, after I left in like a, a few years into biters, uh, I did end up playing with Chris in Ravagers. Uh, we were both filling in uh, just so we could play this uh, this beach bar. Just, oh, wow. Uh, this place called Peppers in Ocean City. Uh, they asked Ravagers to play, and half the band couldn't do it. But it sounded so fun, <laughs> and they offered us good money. So we said, fuck. And I, I, and I was living with Alex, so I heard about it. And I was like, well, fuck, dude. Uh, I'm available that weekend. I'll learn your songs. I know some of them. I, I was like kind of helping write with Alex in the like the very early stages of Ravagers. He was living with me and he'd kind of come in my room and we'd jam and write shit. So oh, yeah. I, I felt like I felt like, yeah, let me just fucking hop in. And he got Chris Hall to play bass. And we played uh five or six song set twice. Because the door <laughs> guy said, if you're not gonna keep playing, I'm gonna stop taking money at the door. And there was a lot of people coming because it was a you know, it's like some spring break shit. And oh, yeah. That was right. how we were going to get paid. So we were like, let's play again, dude. There's a lot of people <laughs> still coming in. Door guy said he'll keep charging if we keep playing. Fuck <laughs> so, it. So it kind of reminds awesome, me of this, this live Dead Boys at CB's uh, CD I got when I was a teenager where, like, they have a matinee show and then a later show. Yep. And the matinee show is awesome. <laughs> and the late show's also awesome, but it's a little different. Yeah, right. it's a little different. It's, a little, it's maybe a little looser. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. And you know, we had no bar tab. Our buddies worked there and shit. So yeah. It was oh yeah, of, of course. Kind of shows. No, we we got hooked up with one of those shows. It was a Myrtle Beach thing, and it was the same sort of scenario. They're like, the longer you play, the more you get paid. And eventually, we were just like, yeah. well, the, what do you want us to do? They're like, can you do a three-hour set? And we're like. 
can we do it our own way? He goes, what do you right, mean? I, yeah. said, I said, let's do it this way. Let's do a 45-minute full band set, then we'll take a few-minute break, and then we'll do a 45-minute acoustic set in the middle, kind of give people a break, kind right, of give people right, a little right. breather, and then we'll come back out and we'll do another full live set for another 45 minutes. And he was like, yeah, that's yeah. fine, whatever. So we did that, and then so we were able to skirt replete replaying a few songs in the second set because <laughs> oh, we didn't have quite as I many mean, it's a rotating crowd right like <laughs> exactly yeah. people probably already left yeah yeah so uh, that was kind of my thought it was like okay so the rock and rollers will file out during the acoustic stuff we'll bring in new people for the acoustic stuff that we've got yeah. in our back pocket and then when we kick back in those and acoustic folks will leave, <laughs> leave and the new group Listen. of rock folks will come in after three more drinks, those are new songs again. Exactly. Every one of that, that room's like, oh, fuck yeah. That's the beautiful thing about Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, no, it seems like um, you're kind of doing all that at maybe seemingly a young age. Like, what was maybe the first, like, band you would really consider your own? What age range would that be, maybe? Um, well, I guess that, man, honestly. Yeah. Um, my first band that I joined, I was I was in high school, and uh, the other guys were like, shit, like five to ten years older. It was like everyone was kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. They were the older guys had done some shit before or whatever, and they needed a guitarist. And uh, yeah, I had no experience, but I I could play guitar, so um, I was you know I was playing at like a very young age, like in in like real bands and stuff, but they weren't mine. I was just yeah. you know. I didn't write. I mean, well, I wrote, I wrote some leads and shit. Cause I always, always wanted to be like lead guitar guy, but what was the guy that always uh, inspired you on leads? Um, well at that point it was, um, it was fucking Nikki Anderson, you know, it was high visibility, <laughs> high visibility rocked my world. And I remember just walking through the halls in high school, just, playing it on repeat in between like classes as I, you know, go from class to class, just like couldn't wait for the bell to ring so I could get back into my fucking high visibility. <laughs> I, I wish I had been uh, shown that at such an early age. I wish I had had that in an early age because I'm only well, I got just lucky now really discovering all that. That was going to be my question. Right. How did you get exposed to that at where you were in the United man. States at such a young age? I was so lucky, man. So that band I was talking about, um, like we were in the studio and, and like, you know, they're just all these older rocker dudes and they're like, Hey man, you, you ever hear this and puts on uh, apocalypse dudes for the first time. Nice. And like, this is after we were like recording and like, you're like winding down, you kind of like flush your ears out, like put right else on. And, yeah. And uh, I don't know, just like the stars aligned. Um, I tracked all my shit, had a couple beers. I'm a teenager hanging out with older dudes. They're accepting <laughs> me. I'm feeling fucking good. I'm on top of the world. This is awesome experience. It's all new. And then that comes on. You know the intro to that fucking album. Bing, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was fucking goosebumps. Like, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? And then we blasted it start to finish on the ride home, even drunker. Just like, yeah, oh, my God, it's my new fucking soundtrack. And so, like, that was my high school. Like, Turbo Negro, Helicopters. All that shit, oh, that's so I, and great. nobody, none of my peers, like I, like could like be like, oh, what do you think of this? They're like, this sounds like Dad Rocket. That the fuck away from me. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> you hate that shit. <laughs> I'm like, it's so good. It's like, why don't you get it? I'm not wrong. <laughs> I was so I gave, I gave up, man. I, I stopped hanging with my friends in high school uh, right around graduation time. Then when I graduated, uh, fuck, I was already paying rent on a room while I was still in high school, just, you know, waiting to graduate. 
yeah. I knew I wasn't going to go to college. I was like, so you got to graduate. <laughs> and I did. And I fucking moved out. I moved in with my older friends. They took me in under their wing and they, like turned me on to even more cool fucking shit. Just like, Here, here's this week's playlist. Study up, young buck. They were trying to like, it, it was almost like all the older rockers in town were trying to like train their like their next band member. Like he's not ready yet, but he's getting there. Like just a couple more mix CDs. I got to school this guy. <laughs> yes, I, I would do it. the same shit with like Thin Lizzy and like it was all like seventies bands and stuff like that. I didn't ex- get exposed to like helicopters and stuff like that till much later. But I was already yeah. peddling like all the deep cut seventies shit that helicopters use and all their stuff. Yeah, and and my oh, mom's fuck. friends uh, they they did like the exact same kind of stuff for me because I was just kind of fiddling on guitar. I knew basic bar chords, but like all of mom's friends were like. What, what, what's the stuff you like? I was like, oh, I kind of like this and there. They're like, okay, well, here's Dead Boys, you know, and then stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And I, I just got exposed to like that early kind of, dude, just like, kind absolutely. of sludge punk or like just kind of that street punk, um, New York City vibe kind of thing. So that kind of influenced earlier on. You remember where where you were too, like when you first put like those records on, like Young, Loud, and Snotty. I remember where I was, my first bedroom, putting it on. And just being like, what the fuck? How do I get my guitar to sound like that? I remember shit. Probably, probably the biggest one that left an impression on me. Um, this guy, Russ Ward, uh, he was he had like this huge record collection. I mean, like wall of records. And same with Seven Inches. And he was flipping through a Seven Inches. He goes, um, you know that song, Smoking in the Boys Room? I was like, yeah. He goes, all right, you, you know that band. I'm not talking about fucking Motley Crue, but Brownsville <laughs> Station. I was like, okay, yeah. He goes, you hadn't heard this. And I went, okay. And he puts on the seven inch and it was rockers and rollers. And at that exact moment that it, I remembered like exactly what you're saying, like the goosebumps, the chills. It's just yeah. from that opening guitar riff of rockers yeah. and rollers. That How could this have been around for 30 years? And I've been alive X amount of them. Yes. And I'm just hearing it. <laughs> yes. It was, it was definitely one of those awakened moments. And I remember kind of turning to him. I'm like, you got anything else that sounds like that? <laughs> yeah. And then you start asking, it's like, why is that not on the radio? It's like, why is this being pumped? Not being pumped yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is Shake Some Action by Flaming Groovies not on fucking every classic rock radio station in the U.S.? Yes. And th- yeah, that's why you go down those rabbit holes because you're like, holy shit, this is not on the radio. I've never heard this. They don't pump this, but it's so fucking good. I was, what's the story behind this band? <laughs> and then you go down even more rabbit holes and. And I and buy records. <laughs> we don't have to. I feel like the internet ruined that. So I used to love like um, trying to discover as much as I can about like obscure bands, and now it's just so accessible that it's like, eh, okay, cool. It's like flipping through fucking playing cards or something. Or yeah, like, I, uh, stack cards. I definitely have the it's, pros and cons on that one because I found a lot of my new favorite stuff by doing the related artist game. I'll go to like yeah, a favorite dude. band on Spotify and I'll go to their related artists, listen to a little bit of that. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty decent. And just immediately go to theirs and start skimming through right. and just try to go like the third and fourth generation related. And I found a few interesting things through that, but there is definitely, there, there's a sense of satisfaction of just flipping through a stack of records, finding a cover that strikes your interest, looking at the back and being like, yeah, they at least have the vibe and the image of yeah. something I would like, you know what? The sure, I'll give it a shot. Check out. This sounds like something I'd like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I see loud guitars. I see some cool graphics and right. exactly what you said. These song titles seem a bit interesting. Sure. Why the hell not? I like I going down every up. Friday, take my paycheck and just buy a record like that, you know, like, or, or two, you know, like, yeah, fuck it, dude. These guys look like 
interesting enough. Let's see what they sound like. Although, like my thing now, and I still do this to this day, like late at night or whatever, I'll go down YouTube rabbit holes. Like when I first discovered that you could find like music videos and like live videos yeah. of all my favorite bands on YouTube, I would just, that would be my nights. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. And I probably do that more than I skim through record bins and go on Spotify and stuff like that. It's just because I like having the visual and seeing what they look like and uh, mm -hmm. what their uh, styles are and things like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, like I, I, fuck, man. I, I stopped going to record stores like as soon as that shit kind of came out. I just yeah. <laughs> stopped going to record. Because you'll be stores. on there for hours too. <laughs> well, because I was also never an audiophile. Like as far as like the way I listen to music, like I was. I'm always so ADD on the go or doing something anyway. I mm -hmm. I rarely sit down and appreciate like all oh, the quality of this fucking new stereo receiver I have or these speakers or right. the, the hiss of the crack of the vinyl. Do I do appreciate that? But it doesn't fit into my lifestyle. Being able to go do, 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 on fucking YouTube and get a killer playlist going while I fucking tinker on a guitar. I don't mm -hmm. care if it's coming out of my phone, through my headphones, whatever. <laughs> if I can hear it, I'm happy. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, and, fuck it. And just talking about, you know, being able to, you know, experience, you know, different kind of music, you know, getting it kind of turned on to it. We don't have to stay on this exact topic for a while because, you know, I know that you've done many an interview where you've had to talk about the specific band, but Biters, I oh, feel, cool. really did kind of introduce a lot of people to a certain style of rock and roll that really wasn't being played anymore. So I, I do have to say that through Biters, that helped kind of push me back into the direction of appreciating a lot more of just that kind of New York 70s kind of rock and roll. Dude, it did the same for me, man. When I first joined the band, Tuck hit me with two fucking mix CDs of all this killer shit. And he's like, so this is what I'm kind of envisioning for the band. So listen yeah. to this to catch the vibe. And I was like, cool. And I, and I caught that vibe. And I was yeah. like, yeah, dude. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, it, it, it did the same for me, man. And talking about right place, right time moment, Cap had tried showing me biters many times because he had, he and Tuck had crossed paths a few times throughout history. I've seen y'all since the all chewed up days and stuff like that. Oh, hell yeah. So he had, so he had kind of tried showing me them a bit in the past and I always quite dismissive, just listen to them. I'm like, they're not rough enough. <laughs> you know, I was still just really into my heavier punk phase. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're all popping glitter. I'm not interested in that right now. Y'all are too birdie for them. Well, but then like talking about right place, right time. Um, I've talked about the story a few different times, but it's been two bands at the same time, um, Wildlife and Biters, which was the first time I went to the rim. Uh, it was with Dirtbag Love Affair. I was filling in with drums the night before, but their drummer was playing the night. I was uh, listening to Brad tell that story. Uh, yep. earlier today. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> on, on your <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, on that nice. same show, the night we roll in, uh, or the, the next morning rather, I'm chilling out downstairs where the bands play, and Devin's thumbing through the records, and the two uh -huh. records he puts on is Future Ain't What It Used to Be and uh Contraband. So oh, shit. so that was my first time really taking in both of those bands. And the night before, we were playing with the Cheats. And that was the first time I saw the Cheats live. So it's like all of a sudden, all this input within like 24 hours. And then hearing that music within the vibe of everything, it was like, okay, this makes all the fucking sense <laughs> in the world now. Dude, <laughs> dude going back to mixed mix cds and tapes and shit like i fucking was given a birthday mix 
from a friend who was trying to turn me on the shit with stuff he thought I would like. And uh, two songs on there were from Slade. It was the first time I ever heard Slade. I was 17, maybe 18. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Was that like one of those goofy things you put on a mix for your friend? He goes, no, what? Dude, Slade. You don't know Slade? I'm like, I've never heard some shit like that. That's <laughs> there, there's some crazy. sneaky good band. And then really all are. of a sudden, the third time I listened to it, you know, like the first two, I'm like, nope. Yeah. Come on, dude. He's joking, right? He's kidding. (laughs) And then (laughs) I was a teenager. And then it just clicked, man. I was in the right place. It came on again. I was like, oh, I fuck. Oh, my God. I get it. This is amazing. I love those slow burners, like where you don't appreciate it at first. But then after like a few listens, you're like, oh, now I get it. And now it's kind of the greatest thing ever, right? Same same thing happened with me when I was. Go ahead, man. No, no, I can do this all day, man. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, same thing happened with me when I was like 13 or so. I'd already discovered like Ramones, Misfits, all of that. Loved all of it. And mom, of course, was big into all that in the 80s. So she was giving me all the punk rock knowledge I need. And she's like, here's Nevermind the Bollocks. And I put that on and I went, what the fuck is this? <laughs> because of Johnny's vocals. And it did. It took me a right. few years to like finally, and I put it back on again. And all of a sudden, just with the marching and that open chord and everything else, maybe because it was in headphones, different mind space, and just totally. all of a sudden it clicked. And I'm like, now I get why they're one of the greatest punk bands ever with only one album. <laughs> yeah, man. I had that happen with a lot of bands. Andrew WK. Um, all, everyone, you know, my age group at the time was like, burr, 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 burr. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. this is this is goofy. This is stupid. Like, I get it, man. I like Weird Al Yankovic and it's all that. He goes, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't even listen. Just listen to it, man. And um, so I was like, all right, I'll listen to it. And it fucking, like, like really listen to it, you know? I was like, that, oh, that's one I haven't done yet. Uh, <laughs> it just clicked. I hated it. I was like, this so <laughs> I'm so hyped on this. And then it just clicked, and I was like, oh, man, this guy's a genius. And then I researched it, and I was like, oh, this guy's super talented. Oh, this is really good. I saw it was um, with Tom Waits. Put- <laughs> you saw Andrew WK with Tom Waits? Oh, that would be killer, wouldn't it? No, I was just saying that's how <laughs> no, I was with the- <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, with Tom. <laughs> no, I was just saying that's how I was with uh, Tom Waits as far as like getting into him. I was like, this guy sounds like a dying homeless man. Why do people like him so much? So that's good because I'm still not sold on Tom Waits, but I think that I'm wrong. I, I think that I'm wrong. I just, right now, I still don't like Tom Waits. Man. I, hear, it's, I hear what you're describing every time I listen to him. Like, what is, like, why is it he's so legendary? I, he's probably <laughs> fun to have a beer with. Probably. It's just a weirdo that just like to write every, a lot of like weird styles of music. And that's probably because I guess I latched onto it because I was a Frank Zappa Rush fan growing up. Like I like weird seventies fucking like jazz rock kind of shit too. And he did a lot of that in the eighties. And and again, I think that's one of the things that has kind of made me follow your career a little bit more is, you know, I I started out with, you know, that kind of gruffer punk rock stuff. So after kind of getting turned on to wildlife biters, all that, of course, Ravagers was right up next. So it felt like you and Alex kind of had a connection for a while. When when did the two of y'all actually meet? So, uh, fuck, man. I, I probably met him in 2005 or six. I'm not sure on that, but a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, he had a pompadour. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was going to Micah at the time. And, and so 
you know how like when you're like a teenager and then you you finally get to like a certain age and like you're like a big kid and even people that are like half a year younger than you are just like little fucking babies. Yes. And you're just rude to them and you're a dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. well, he was like a co- <laughs> So he was like a couple years younger than me. I was like no longer a teenager. Right. I'm 20, little man. I'm an adult. So, like, <laughs> right. So I was kind of like a dick because he was like in school. Like living in a dorm, which was like, what a loser. (laughs) Yeah, like, whatever, dude. I'm like going on the road and doing drugs and fucking up my life. (laughs) 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 And so I I would have never thought at that moment, like the first year we met, that we would ever become like as close as we have become, let alone like playing in a band together. But uh, that was that was me. Like I said, I was some like I'm finally a big kid. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did it kind of, so did uh, your position in the band just kind of grow from that little fill in date you did, and just kind of having so much fun with it? Dude, I always thought that band was cool as shit, and I was always um, like frustrated that I couldn't like do it because I was always doing other things. Um. But like when he, when he first started that band, he was like living with me and yeah, I got really excited for him. I was like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. You should, you should totally do it. He's like, I'm going to sing. Fuck it, man. I'll just, I'm just going to front it. You know, like when your first time, like deciding like fuck bands, I'm just going to start my own band and front it. Yeah. But that's what he was doing. So I was like stoked for him. I was like, yeah, dude, you don't need to <laughs> fucking do your own shit. And we were like writing together. I was like pumped for him. And I was like really stoked on his ideas. I was like, oh no, I, I dude. I know because he was a bass player learning how to play guitar so he could write and front like his own band. Oh, so he okay. was a little limited at first. So I was like, dude, I know you like, you know, your power chords. I'm like, that's a cool, like, that's a cool, like beginning to a song. But like, let me fucking, let me put some shit in there, dude. Like, yeah. that thing and like throw some Chuck Berry here, put a little den and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool. So it was like half, like a, a little like guitar lesson. And then like, all right, now that you know how to play that, let's get back into the song. And and uh, and then when they would record, I felt like so invested. I was like, I got to be in the studio with you guys, man. I feel like these are my songs. <laughs> and, oh, like, yeah. I would try to like be present and like put my two cents in and like almost like produce kind of guy, but yeah. not because I'm not that guy. But um, <laughs> it it was cool as shit when um when I played my first like fill in show. They they their guitarists couldn't do it. And they're like all bumming because he was living with me. I hear everything, you know. I'm like, yeah. we bummed about. It. Like, oh, I might have to cancel the show. I was like, fuck that, dude. Show's gonna go on, man. <laughs> show me the songs, dude. Catch me up, dude. How would have we got a week? I can do it. Let's yeah. fucking do it. <laughs> and uh, you know, you work that hard to learn another band's songs, and then you play the show, and it goes well, and it's fun. You want to do it again, you know? Yeah. You don't want to just be like, that was that was well. Take care, guys. <laughs> but like now, you're like, "Fuck, when's the next one?" You're like, "Well, yeah. we got our our guy for that. Get rid of him." <laughs> I want to do it now. Well, that's not what happened. They actually just needed a guitar. I didn't. I didn't get anyone fired. They right. But um, happy happy timing because uh, right after that, biters biters ended up disbanding. So. Yeah, I still had rock and roll in my life. You know? Yeah, yes, <laughs> good time. <laughs> and, that, and, that's, and that's always a good thing because if if you're if you're anything like the two of us, if 
right now quarantine is killing you because you don't have any sort of band practice. You don't have any sort of that sonic yeah. feeling. So at least you had one band to hop to to another. <laughs> no, totally. Like if I wasn't already like playing like gigs with uh, Ravagers in between like Biter's stuff, because yeah. Biter's were kind of like sorting some things out, um, right. planning on like recording maybe or whatever. So I had like, I was like, well, I still need to like play out, man. Like I'm pent up. Like I'm going to play mm, Ravagers. You got to. Um, but if I didn't have that, I'm, I don't know if I would like uh, even still be like with a band or what. Because fuck, dude. I mean, I, I, I really got to feel a connection with the people involved. And like I grew up with like everyone that I've played with, like Biters, like Tuck. I've known him since we were teenagers. And um, Alex, the same. So I, I don't know. It's like maybe higher gun shit or something that I can't see myself starting a band like yeah. right away anyway. Are you, are you, the, are you the kind of personality <laughs> yeah. that would want to kind of not necessarily front it, but kind of be like the head of the ship almost because there are some bands where like the lead guitarist is the guy of the band, but he still has like a lead singer, so to speak. Sure. Sure. I, what well, it, it would probably be closer to what you, you described there. I definitely, um, wish i had the balls to front a band and like sing yeah. a band but uh i i don't like my voice mm. i don't write lyrics every time i've tried i sleep on them i read them and i'm so embarrassed by what i read i just, <laughs> I just throw it in the fire <laughs> like no Man, one can ever fucking uh, see this <laughs> lyrics are the hardest thing for me too it's like they are the I, hardest I say, and the I've most always, important i've always just been a rhythm guy and kind of same as your alex I was just sick and tired of playing in bands and was just like, screw it. I'm starting my own. And so only within like the past year or so have I actually been very conscious of even my voice to begin with. <laughs> so like yeah. on this last record is like the first time it feels like I've actually sung for this band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'll, only until recently have I even started paying attention and actually grabbing a hold of that. So lyrics are the last things I still write for a song. It is the so, hardest thing to come up with. That's my problem. So that, I, that's why I, I can barely call myself a songwriter because I I feel like you when you write, sorry, my TV's like, oh, you're fine. Just turned on. <laughs> um, it's a smart TV. <laughs> not that damn smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that damn smart. But like, like I used to write like guitar riffs and songs and, and like, instrumental songs like yeah this is a rocking song dude check it out and i like mm -hmm. show it to my singer and um you know in fishnet stalkers like our singer was just like okay i'm gonna throw some fucking vocals that i already have and force them over top or into this riff you gave me and it would always come out sounding strange yeah and um what is going on with this? <laughs> <laughs> TV's just, just like, go it on. on. It wants to be on. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, it's like, anyway. watch me. <laughs> I know. It's like, this is the longest you've gone without watching me in months. <laughs> <laughs> it's been spoiled from quarantine. I'll get back to you soon, I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and then, but like, uh, trying that when I joined Biters, like, uh, with Tuck, who does it the opposite, where he's like, he's got a lyric pad, and he's like, cool. And then he's like strumming some chords around the lyrics he's already had in his head or whatever. When I hit him with a, so this will be like the verse, doo -doo 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 -doo. and then like, so this will be the chorus, like four of those, you know, and probably four of those too. And like, 
He's just like, what the fuck? It's always <laughs> fours. That's you're a guitar playing, playing thing. Right? He's like, you're just playing guitar at me, dude. Like, you got a vocal idea? I'm like, well, no, I figured that's like where you come in. Like, <laughs> that's your job, singer. man. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. If you want to help me write songs, you got to show me a song. Dude. This is just a riff. And that's I'm what like, they don't okay. tell guitar players. It's a whole other thing than playing guitar. <laughs> and that was the day I learned that I'm not a songwriter. <laughs> I'm a guitar player. And... Uh, <laughs> I was like, that's cool. I like guitar. <laughs> oh no, that that's all of our demos. It, it winds up it winds up being like literally today, Mikey came over for a minute and I was like, okay, so we kind of need to work on this one because I have one line. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like I was playing on the riff progress. And he's like kind of like looking at me, like just waiting for it because it wasn't a verse, it wasn't an intro, it wasn't a chorus. It was the one line pre-chorus before like the <laughs> little pause and then you go into right. the chorus. It You're was the one line. Know that. Yeah, it's like it's the one line right before that. So I'm like playing and literally it's over one chord. And I'm like, da 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 And then back to instrumental again, he goes. Really? That's all you have for that right now? I'm like, it's, it's a start. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to do that shit. I used to be like, well, look, I'm not a lyric guy, but I'm thinking something like, something, something right here. And then maybe like, Melodies for days. You know? <laughs> like, you know. And it's just like, dude, you're just asking me to write you a song so that you can claim that you wrote a song. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you watch Metallica docs on how they make their records, they do this same shit where it's uh. You listen to wherever I'm at, Roman James Hetfield has a demo going, na 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 na, just dumb shit like that. Sometimes it works, man, but mine was even more vague. Like, like this is like like karaoke when you're not supposed to sing, and it tells you on the screen like uh, music break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I would be like, and then this would be like where some singing would come in. <laughs> first me play my really sick riff that i spent all night writing first yeah <laughs> and, so and with mikey and then like a verse guitar solo chorus <laughs> bridge more solo <laughs> oh i know it, it kills mikey when it comes to doing this because we're trying to write a lot more guitar dynamic stuff where it's like i'm playing one thing he's kind of playing something different on top and so many times i'm like okay now we solo a little bit here he's like so so this is the actual solo bell i'm like no 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 you're just playing like extra like start rocking it out rock, go rock star on me and i'm gonna be belting it out you go rock star underneath he's like oh Wait, so how many solos am I writing for this? I'm like, like close to four. I used to have that problem too. And then I started calling those solos leads. And then yeah. I would call the actual solo a solo. Yeah, okay. So they like, wouldn't I mean, get confused. Start doing that. I mean, start doing I'd be like, yeah, do like know. a little lead. I would say words like melody and shit to make uh -huh. them Oh, sure, we have a song right here. Yeah. <laughs> rock, rock the octave. <laughs> Are you still a nice little melody here. Yeah, do this little arpeggiated thing. Uh -huh. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I'll just say, just give me some pentatonic bullshit. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, I've actually said that too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pentatonic Taylor bullshit. <laughs> it's so easy. Just chuck Barry and some bins. That's all we need. Yeah. Slightly major pentatonic, nothing fancy. Martin McFly. And, and actually, uh, <laughs> I'll ask you this, and it's kind of been an ongoing kind of question, and it was totally by accident, but at first we started with Andrew from Light Machines, and uh, we also talked with uh, Brad from um, Satanic Panic, along with Devin from The Cheats. All guitar yeah. players. And, and we all kind of brought this up, which is how the has guitar it been? Cast. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> how, how has it been I'm for you so far? Yes, <laughs> we, 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 uh, we cater to what we know. <laughs> we know guitarists. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
How has it been for you, though, in the creative aspect? Like, has it been difficult for you kind of writing without other people? Or because you've had so much time to yourself, do you find your creative juices flowing a bit more? Um, what do you mean during the quarantine or with like Ravagers? Well, I, well, I guess, yeah, I guess you do kind of, do you work remotely with Ravagers? Well, now I do cause I live in New York, but, right. um, we used to live, uh, bedrooms next to each other. So, well then we I guess, yeah. So, so how, so how does that work with like contributing stuff kind of remotely? Um, well, you know, it sends me a lot of stuff and, and I send him stuff, but right. it definitely slows it down. I won't lie. Um, but I do visit Baltimore often. And when I do, I try to, uh, make time to get together with him so we can get back to the way it used to be. Right. And, um, you know, with just a little bit of a heads up, we both make time for it. And that's yeah, awesome. It works. Yeah. Because it seems like the- it, it kind of works better, man. It's, it's like, you're more focused cause you know, like, Hey, Matt's in town or, Ooh, or yeah. Hey, this is the, the time that we scheduled to be together. And it's not very often or easy that we get to do this. So let's make it count. And, uh, like yeah, that. I think I think it works better than when we were living together, see each other every day, and mm-hmm. it was easier to just be like, "Ah, let's do it tomorrow, man." I, I ate something Put weird, and I just want to lay it down. Yeah, one day <laughs> yeah. at work, guy, leave me alone today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. None of y'all would be like sitting across from each other, like just play, even playing an acoustic guitar, just dicking around or anything like like that, and have either or just going like, "Ooh, I like that. Let me get my guitar and work on that or whatever." Mm-hmm. That would usually be Alex with the guitar and me going, oh, shit, yeah, that's good. <laughs> cool, yeah, that's something new I was working on. I was like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I've literally done that. He's uh, Cap's been down, down here just playing on the acoustic. I've been upstairs in my room, and he's playing, like, the same riff for, like, the 50th time within five minutes. And finally I come downstairs, and I'm like, you know, that's really good, but just if you change one note, you just got to change Let me see it real quick. Yep. <laughs> I grab it. I'm like, okay, see, so what are you doing? This? Okay, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> And that's exactly how it happens, man. It's a rock and roll mating call. I know they know what they're doing. They're like, he'll hear me. He'll hear me. Maybe if I play it wrong this time on purpose, he'll have to come down. Like, oh, God damn it. That's not supposed to be major. That's minor. Give me that. This oh, is what God I've been hearing. Now we're jamming. <laughs> so I'm sitting here going the entire time going like, I know he knows what I'm thinking right now. He needs to just play, play, the, play the other. God damn it. <laughs> What happened, dude? I can't tell you how many times I walked in his room going, hey, let me see that, dude. You're close. It's this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we end up playing <laughs> should be glad. Should be glad we weren't drummers or anything like that. Oh, <laughs> and, that's, and that's the other funny thing, too, is musicians have their own language when talking to each other. It's like you, when talking with the drummer, it's like, no, no, it's the ta-ta, katuka, ta-ta. <laughs> and guitar slash, like, songwriter to drummer, especially, which, like, it's a special thing to watch. And I had that with like Fishnet Stalker's drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I would, you know, write a lot of songs with that band, even though I don't consider myself a great songwriter. I, it was my duty in that band. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so I gave it a shot. But um, yeah, dude, we, that chemistry and that language that like, um, and it doesn't work with any guitar drum duo. Like my language wouldn't translate to someone else's language, right. but you develop these baseball cues and shit. So like live, he knows if I look at him and make this face that he needs to slow the fuck down. Or if I look at him and do my shoulder like, uh, like, oh, okay. We're going to play it one more time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking jamming now. Yeah. I've, I've mastered the whole, um, 
popping my hand behind my back and like raising it up or down depending on <laughs> if they need to slow up or speed up. All of our representatives are currently busy. Please stay on the line. Oh. Hey, Yo. sorry about that. Well, uh, I don't know what happened. I swear I didn't touch anything. It's all right. <laughs> we're just totally going to blame you. No, we, we can do a little jump skip. It's fine. Well, that's where an ad's going to go in, right? <laughs> Please, no one work? sponsors us yet. Black Cat sponsors. Black Cat, <laughs> Daredevil, <laughs> Petals, any of those guys. Tibson. <laughs> Actually, real quick, uh, I know this is going to be like a total like hard shift from what we were just talking about. What's your association yeah. with them? Uh, Chipson. So uh, I, I, I kind of I've, I've known the dude who runs Chipson. He's from Baltimore. Okay. And so I've known him forever. And I remember when he started the page, and it had like a thousand followers and a couple like well-made photoshop little like guitar spoofy like uh, totally yeah and mm. then watching it grow to like this fucking phenomenon he's got like almost a hundred thousand followers you know i know it's nuts. In, in like six years i think i don't know i don't know i don't know if that's good or bad but I i'm not great <laughs> i'm not real familiar with chips and what's their it's, uh, it's like a parody account oh okay it's fucking oh, hilarious dude yeah jimmy shit so um a chipson is a chinese fucking like aliexpress bullshit mm -hmm. knockoff gibson right that that you know we all know about and so right around uh the time well hold on i'm getting ahead of myself so this shit was perfect uh when when Gibson started going after companies and stuff for like yeah. uh, trademark infringement and shit. Any little when thing. I really saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is when I really saw the account like flourish and like it really like started like gaining attention because like this is the Gibson logo. And like mm. even do was like, I hope they don't come after me for that. <laughs> I mean, I it's different. It's, it's like I literally remember, spelled different. <laughs> I don't know how I missed out on that because I remember like seeing like e Gibson eat a bag of dicks over that for a minute. Yeah, I mean, it has its ups and downs. I don't know what they're doing. They need to just focus on just making their guitars next, not snap off. <laughs> <laughs> just quality instruments and maybe take down the price a little bit. Yeah, I'm showing them some. Yeah, traps, <laughs> zippered headstocks. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely show that. We'll share this on our Instagram and everything. But yeah, just absolutely, it's just <laughs> a real, them all. <laughs> it's just a really good parody um, Instagram. I think I like everyone right now, just pick up your phone, open up your Instagram, pause the po podcast, find chip, find chips and chips and USA. And <laughs> yes that's awesome and they'll be in the show notes because they're fucking hilarious <laughs> you should have you should have chips in on the show oh that'd be great because especially because we like kind of talking you know even the marketing aspects of you know things so i mean that's that's definitely something he does is marketing because didn't he even have a booth at nam he didn't have a booth at nam but he was uh ping-ponging between uh rock and roll relics booth and marvin's booth Word. so like he would have like he would he would have scheduled times where he would show his like Durst burst, which is like what he brought to to Nam or Nam or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Nam Nam. Nam. <laughs> uh, I went to Nam. <laughs> I went to Nam. Fucking Nam. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Fortunate Son starts name. playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he fucking, oh man, how much time he got. So he made this meme of like a Durst birth, which is Fred Durst's face on a Les Paul <laughs> with a birth. <laughs> it works. It's, That's it's, hilarious. It's, it's great. And so he he made it a real thing. And uh, he he got Fred Durst to pose with it and like like spend like a significant amount of time like fucking around with it while being photographed. Wow! And that just kind of snowballed to like him creating a second one because he gave that to Fred Durst. Like that's he, he was like the photos are my payment. Here's your guitar. You'll probably throw it away. I don't care. But these photos are gonna hold me over for a long time. And. Uh, <laughs> They got reposted and it was awesome. People were like, holy shit, the Durst burst is fucking awesome. And uh, showed up, and he, but he didn't have a booth, so he was like, well, I know people. So he, he used to work with Billy Rowe at Rock and Roll Relics. Oh, okay. And Billy was like, sure, man, you can fucking have a meet and greet, see the Durst burst at my spot for like an hour. Like, uh, And then he hit me up. He's like, you're doing it this year with Daredevil and Marvin, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, could I show the Durst first? I'm like, probably. Like, let me talk to my dudes. They're like, yeah. I don't know what that is, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, crazy enough. Sure, <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's gonna bring a lot of attention to the booth. It's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right. And it did. When we did it, uh, two dudes from Dip- Gibson uh, showed up, and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't we didn't see their badge at first we're like hey what's up guys you want your photo taken oh god <laughs> and i'm wearing my fucking chips and shirt I'm all like, hey dude totally come here check it out because <laughs> i knew it was like chips and days like i'm gonna do it on this day for like an hour i'm like yeah that'll be great and uh they were definitely sent down by Ron santos oh <laughs> that's great <laughs> awesome. and then later and then later um the dude from chips and and i and his friend, we we went up to the the Gibson room to uh, show Mark Agnesi the the Durst burst, and we did. We like went behind like these corridors and like showed him the this fucking crude ass shirt, and intentionally crude. You know what I yeah. mean? Like cause we don't want to get or they don't want to get sued, right? And uh, and then you know, main dude starts coming. Monsanto starts like coming down. And Mark Agnesi's like, okay, guys, put this fucking back in the bag. Get the fuck out of here. I'm seen with, he's like, I can't be seen with this. You know, that's why he brought us like behind the scenes. He's like, I can't yeah. be seen next to this thing. So oh don't pull God. it out here. All that You know fantastic. what I mean? Like, after all the lawsuits and the play authentic shit, like, you can't. But but I love it because it, it's it's still that little bit of rebel, you know, and and that's just what makes it so fun. There's a little bit of that danger with it, and it's like, look what I got. Totally. But they also it helps me like maintain a little bit of love still for Gibson after all the bullshit that they've been up to. Mm-hmm. When they like you know are willing to do that, I'm like, all right, so you're in on it a little bit. But like, why are you doing some of the things that you're doing? Like, <laughs> is that what kind of led alone? you to doing your guitar tinkering? Because I I see on your Instagram all the time you're kind of. I mean, you worked in a guitar shop also for a while, but I'm sure that came initially as a hobby. Yeah, I mean, I was always tinkering and always just fucking up my own shit, uh, convinced that I could do things on my own and, and until I had to like <laughs> tap out and pay someone to fix what I did. <laughs> and uh, I got sick of that. And so I'm finally, just, I just want to learn this for real. So yeah, what better way than working at a shop? So yeah, I just walked into a, to a shop in Baltimore one day with uh 
with my friend Alex Briscoe, who was like, I know someone who owns a shop and they need some help. I was like, let's fucking go, man. Like, I, I can do it. Like, I'll rise to the occasion. And <laughs> we we uh we got hired on the spot. <laughs> he just put some guitars in our hands and was like, show me what you got. I've been putting off uh, learning how to tinker proper for a while. I want I want what's a good place to start? Like, if you want to do like any basic thing other than string a guitar or uh, as far as like taking it apart and putting like a pickup in it or anything like that. What's a good way to get into like what? Like just learning how to maintain your own guitar or learning how to build a guitar? Uh, well, I, I, then you get down rabbit holes as to, well, how do you maintain the Gretsch? How to maintain a Fender? What's a good universal way to get started with any guitar as far as like tinkering around with it that's beyond changing a string? I, I think, think, yeah, go ahead. Getting turned on to like a, a good like video tutorial link okay. with a good like $99 starter kit uh, with, you know, with the right experience tools. with tools and knowing how to use them. And right. Like being prepared to use them because these kits always need work. Mm. Always need work. Um, I think, you know, like it's a, you don't have much to lose tinkering on a $99 kit Yeah, um, that way. But, but if you do um, doing it that way, I, I do feel like you learn a lot. You're going to fuck it up. That guitar yeah. is not going to come out. Like you're not going to play that on stage. <laughs> that guitar is going to haunt you, but you're going to learn so much. <laughs> it's like your first record. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to be proud of it, but you're going to learn a lot. You you learn more in your mistakes than you do in like any that's like with, success. That's with anything. I, but I was going to say, uh, first time I saw you was uh, I think you had a you're showing me a guitar that you had built. Oh, at the at the rim. Yeah, that lefty headstock. Guy. Yeah, it was a telly bottle. Yeah. yeah, did you build that? Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. What's that so was, inspired uh, that one? What you guys just said, man, I wanted to get better at it. So I bought right. a $99 kit. I got it. I put it together as it was intended. It didn't excite me. It went well enough, but I wasn't going to play it anywhere. So I took it apart and was like, well, what do I have to do to this thing now that I like don't care mm. what happens to it to get excited about it? I was like, well, it'd be cool if it was like a Telecustom. I like those. Yeah, and I was like, well, we could do that. Get a twelve dollar pick guard, just route underneath. Nobody's gonna see how sloppy your work is under that pick guard. <laughs> it's like a fucking flathead screwdriver and a hammer. And I made a cap. <laughs> I made space for the wiring. <laughs> Later, no rules in this. <laughs> Later, I I cleaned it up when I was working at the guitar shop. I had access to proper tools. I cleaned it up. It, it looks much better now. Like I would actually show you the insides now. <laughs> Not a chisel with a flathead screwdriver. I fucking turn that motherfucker into a custom. And, I love uh, it. <laughs> We're saying caveman earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, and that was that was the state it was in when I played that show. Uh, <laughs> it fooled us. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> And man, I would say that um, you kind of have a specific sound too, because like even when I listen to Ravager's material after listening to Byers' material for a while, even though it's a different style playing, I would say that you have similar tones to your sound. So is that something that you've kind of worked on as kind of having like your definitive gab sound? Um, I wouldn't say it's something I'm working toward. I would say it's something that happened. Um, yeah. I'm always... Uh, <sighs> 
I, I don't want to say evolving. It sounds like I'm progressing, but I'm always changing. <laughs> yes. Right. And that was the other thing, too, is because for years I thought, I was like, oh, I've got my... Well, it's like, because every guitarist goes through that, I've got my tone. And then you do one random thing new, and nope. you're like, oh, you're always yeah. chasing it. I mean, yeah, I could, like, dial it in, go have lunch, come back, and be like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> um, so I'm a tough one, man. Like, I, I'm con- let's, I'm like, I get why Rick Nielsen is Rick Nielsen. Like, he's just, he's, he's just I got my like, Strat tone. I got my 12-string tone. I got my Gretsch tone. I got my Gibson. <laughs> It's got to be something Between different sounds, every song. The looks, the feels. I just, I'm so excited about guitar all the time. I just can't pick one or, or settle on one, man. I get comfortable with something and then I hear someone, I, I get like total tone envy and guitar mm. envy. And it's like painting with I different colors. Them. Yeah, man. I could see some dude with just the right haircut playing a fucking Strat, and I hate Strats, and I'd be like, oh, I got to get a Strat now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's so cool. I have a love-hate relationship with Strats, too. <laughs> it's mostly just that fucking volume knob by the bridge, man. My sloppy right hand does not get along with that placement, man. I'll be halfway through a song and be like, why am I, where am I? Am why does it sound weird? <laughs> Oh, why is it quiet? Oh, I, I've been rolling the volume. <laughs> it's like, right it's not where this should, need, I, should I be. Ran, I ran into the same problem. Uh, my guitar that I had for the longest time was just an Upphone Junior, so it didn't have like the toggle mm-hmm. switch or anything. And I was just playing oh, fast. Right. I was just playing fast punk rock, and I was playing almost up to the you know near the uh, top of the neck, you know. So I'm just like going over the bridge rap. And as soon as I uh, inherited my father's uh, 1970s Gibson. Um, I started playing that. All of a sudden, that cool right hand started fuck, started hitting that fucking toggle switch and killing it like halfway through a song. So I just I had to get used to like actually playing where I'm supposed to now, <laughs> dude. Totally. And I used to turn my shit sideways like a Telecaster because I would hit it so much. So I would like <laughs> rotate, rotate it so that it only worked this way. And yep. then I was just like, oh, well, oh, you know what it was? We toured with Ace Freely. And Ace really uses that. Like, Ace is my number one guitar. Did y'all hear that name drop? So that's why. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Asshole. (laughs) Shout out to my boy. Boy, Paul. Paul. No. Um, uh, So I fucking. So I flipped that bitch uh, 90 degrees back to where it's supposed to go. And I learned how to use it and, and not hit it by mistake because I just thought that was so cool to have that much control. Granted, he doesn't like exert as much like energy as like biters did when like I decided to actually use it and not try to tape it off or like hide it. But still, fucking cool thing. It still caused me some trouble. Like I'm a sloppy (laughs) right hand dude. Like I Mm -hmm. I fucking hate it. But I had some quick saves. Like (laughs) I would try to turn it into a thing. I'm like, oh no, it wasn't. I did it. Um, <laughs> well, well, I know you did the lead in uh, uh, doing the shows with Ace, but something else you did that I would actually like a little bit of backstory on is you guys, uh, as the Biters, were actually part of the Kiss Cruise. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> well, that was fucking, that was like, um, that was unreal, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I went like I was going through my suitcase after that and looking at like some of the shit that was like stuffed down in the pockets and there's like kiss napkins and kiss, like, <laughs> like, 
because I was just so blown away. It it was so kiss. Like you always hear about like (laughs) kiss will put their fucking name on everything. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go on the kiss cruise, you're like, dude. It is on everything. <laughs> it is everywhere. <laughs> like, the, 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 the cabins that they gave us, like there was like, I don't know, 20 channels, all kiss. Yep. Not like, not even like news from the outside world, just in case you're curious. It was just like live performances, um, music videos, uh, last year's kiss cruise, like edits. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it just like, it was kiss, 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 kiss. I went in like the biggest kiss fan. And when I left, I was like, so <laughs> like I don't think I might not listen to kiss again for a year. <laughs> so, like, like, you know, like too much of a good thing. Dude. Oh yeah. Awesome. Dude. I would do it again in a heartbeat. It fucking rolled. Uh, I get to meet a lot of those guys and like, just, I mean, there's nowhere to go. So you're like, you're just on a boat, man. Yeah. Like I know it sounds like a giant cruise ship, but after the first day, it's like a life raft. Well, we were supposed to play outside on the main stage and we had already been on this boat before when we played ship rock. Yeah. And the same shit happened. You know, you can't predict the weather on the third day. You're going to play the main stage. You're going to play this day. Then you're going to like, try not to kill yourself the second day. And then the third day is your other show. You know, you don't play every day. Yeah, and so we're finally like, okay, here's our day. We get to play the main stage. So excited because you're watching all these other bands do it, and it sounds great. People are into it, and then the weather turns to shit, uh, and the uh, whole schedule gets flipped around. They're like, okay, uh, biters, you're gonna be playing in the uh, bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! And you're like, fuck. Well, how are people gonna know? Uh, I don't know. There's no <laughs> Wi-Fi and there's no, like, don't follow so the sound, like, I guess. So it killed, it, it took, it, it just put us in this like, well, fuck it kind of like mentality. So we just right. went with it. We played this tiny little like makeshift, like last minute, like, uh, the biters are now going to be appearing uh, in the the casino fucking shit stage, <laughs> whatever, where I hit my head jumping up on the ceiling. Not meant to have shows. And, <laughs> and is it like a? And, is it like and a George test? Lopez is there. And he's drunk and he's buying everyone drinks. And so yeah, all that just turns into like, and it's like the last day. Who gives a shit? Let's just have right. fun. Was it like a festival where uh, somebody else was like playing on the other side of the boat or anything like that? Yeah, but they tried to make it so that nobody would overlap. But when the weather steps in, yeah. Right. So like. Uh, Tommy Fair was going to come up and do a cheap trick cover with us. And we're like, holy shit. What? This is going to be killer. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't because now he has to get in makeup because he's playing like at the tail end of our set. Kisses right. like there's a, which we knew before we hit stage. We're like, we're like half of our set is when Kiss is like about to go on stage. Like who's going to really be here? Yeah. So, you know, expectations kind of drop. And honestly, kind of makes for like a better show sometimes on that <laughs> doesn't it you don't want to yeah no pressure or anything like there's, that there's no pressure man you're just having fun and tuck was in a good mood that night and, and he made the best of it and and it was just a it was just a good time man and uh it seemed like uh you guys wound up maintaining a connection with tommy because did y'all release like a demo or a single or something that featured tommy pretty sure that might have already happened before it just wasn't released it wasn't supposed to be released at all um it, it was just like a songwriting like uh sesh that tuck did on his own with tommy oh okay and uh, 
to potentially like have Tommy produce a biter's record. Oh, wow. I'm thinking I got a song you got a song or let's write a song together. Let's see if it clicks. And if so, Mm -hmm. I want to produce like, I think I might be fucking that up. Sorry. No, but uh, that that sounds pretty similar because uh, Tuck was on a trunk recently and he was talking about kind of getting together with different songwriters, kind of seeing who gels. So that, that actually sounds right. Exactly. That's, I, I think that's what he was doing. And so they ended up recording it. Um, and, and it sounded awesome. It sounded like Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it got like, someone put it out on YouTube Earache about a year or so ago. It it's oh, on YouTube okay. through Earache's channel because they own it and they they knew that we weren't really trying to like release that just to release it. Like it would be uh, cool to do it for for a reason, but not just a here's yeah. a song. All of a sudden, they just did that. I don't know why they did that, but. Um, could have yeah, we, we don't have to talk about better. those assholes. <laughs> yeah. The song's cool. It could have been planned way better, but here. Yeah. No, I, I remember just that also just kind of flying under the radar. And that's why I was also kind of sitting here going, I'm like, now I may be an original four guy, but at the same time, if Tommy Thayer came to us and was like, yo, I want to do a song with you, I'd be promoting it a little bit more than these guys are. So that, that was one of those things that kind of made yeah, me confused. Really. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, that was the other thing. It's like, well, people are going to be so confused because they're like, why aren't we promoting it? But it's yeah. like, because. Like, well, yeah, with, with exactly. more context now, that makes the, all the sense in the world. Yeah. No, that, that would have been something cool, though. But. I mean, regardless of any of that, unfortunately, we can't even listen to any of that bullshit anymore. But what we no, can the listen... song's killer. No, listen to it. Just, you know, fuck Earache. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say, like, the, your, the catalog with Earache, we can't even listen to that anymore. But mm-hmm. what we can listen to is new Ravager stuff, which hopefully that's coming down the pipeline. Yeah, that is. Um, man, it sounds so good. Like like I said, like working with Tuck and Dan... Um, Fuck, man. We just jumped right into it. Which we already pretty, knew what to do. Pretty seamless it so cool. experience. It sounds so good, man. We, we sent it to a couple friends just to get some feedback. And uh, so far, it's been it's been pretty cool. That was five like songs. A- we want to do five more. I don't know when we'll be able to do five more. We're going to release two singles uh, with Spaghetti Town Records. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, shit, something in Europe. Called. I can't remember, but uh, <laughs> Spaghetti Town's the man, though. Shout out to Ted. Yeah, yeah, for Ted. sure. So I know that you know. Is there a little bit of a different um, dynamic between working with Tuck in like a band situation versus having him like produce a record? Like, is there kind of a different way y'all work, or is it kind of similar? Um. Well, I mean, when when we were doing Biters in the studio, he didn't act any differently but he was also kind of like co-producing in a way so right right because i just didn't know because i didn't know if like it was a situation of okay well in this situation i since i'm not in the band i'm the producer kind of mindset or anything no not really man um tuck's just tuck (laughs) (laughs) well because i didn't know because i i could actually see myself kind of being like that in a different situation because our records are kind of self-produced to an extent but I yeah. could see, like, if I were to kind of step out and do that, be in a situation of, you know, okay, well, like, if Cap were to, you know, do a solo project, he wanted me to produce it. And be like, okay, well, I'm not going to come at this like I'm co-writing this with you. I'm going to come at it like a producer sort of thing. So, right. It's like, you have the songs. I'll uh, make the uh, make the chicken salad out of this. Right. So I just didn't know <laughs> if he kind of took that mindset. But I think it's cool that he kind of takes that takes his band mentality through with that. Or maybe it's because he's just working with such close friends. But what? 
I've I mean, heard nothing but positive. Alex, too, you know what I mean? It's not just me being like, it's Alex. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, he knows the band really well. So, yeah, I don't know. He's comfortable. I don't he's know how it is. a lot of work. He might be a little different with, like, a band he doesn't know as well as us. But, yeah, we're homies. We've known each other too long, so. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, awesome. the thing about Ravagers that I really like is that y'all have – a sound that's your own, like the way Motorhead has their sound or ACDC has their sound. I think Ravagers has their sound and all the previous, all the previous releases show it. And through a uh, tux lens, uh, does that, you know, what's um, the word? Is it, that changed at all or? No, exactly. Um, I, I still hear everything that you're, you're describing in the new shit. Like um, even with tuck behind the wheel, like it's still at the end of the day, it's still Ravagers. It still oh, sounds yeah. like it just sounds i don't know i mean there's just it's very minimal man there's not a lot of layers or you know like we used to double like everything vocals and uh, on this we didn't double everything and, and and it's a little bit more like uh airy mm, uh, okay. awesome not more of like a uh like a james williamson era stooges kind of vibe and then there's other songs cool. that like that but um i'm excited about it i i, I can't wait for people to hear it Oh, yeah, man. I'm stoked to hear it, too. And one other little thing before we kind of round out the show. Uh, we were ta- I was, Like I said earlier, we were talking with uh, Mikey, our lead guitarist, and uh, he was like, y'all are talking with Gavs tonight? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, you got to do me a favor. I was like, what? He goes, you got to talk skateboarding a second. <laughs> <laughs> so has that been something that um, kind of always captured you from, like, your early punk teenage days, or is that something that you've more recently picked up? fuck man i mean i definitely got into like rock and roll first then skateboarding then punk rock got it rock and roll then back in (laughs) but uh, i don't know honestly they've kind of just been like you know there's always been ever present yeah 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 i i i don't know actually which came first was that was that never something that you kind of wanted to you know kind of go down that rabbit hole of being a professional skater or anything Oh fuck yeah, yeah. When I um before I got into music, um I, I actually yeah, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder and I, I used to ride for this board company called Heater Skateboards and um one of my one of the team riders, this dude Eric Favre, we would be like entering competitions together and like up there on the deck just like shooting shit and he's like, You like this record? I'm like, yeah, I like that record, you know, like looking at our gear, like you look like you like music too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> We were like, yeah, I, I play. Like, do you play? Like, yeah, we should hang out. We should skate. And uh, we ended up, like, starting a band. And the band ended up, like, we just kind of stopped skating for a while. It was just, like, tour and band. And, like, um, yeah, he was in Fishness. Like, he was in that band in, when I was in high school. Oh, okay. And he was drumming for that band. And then we left when we were in Fishness Stalkers together. And then we left that. And we did this band called Rat Size together we were in a lot of bands together i think i played in like six different bands with him oh wow uh, we, he went from skateboarding to not touching a skateboard whatsoever parting like a piece of shit and <laughs> <laughs> like like touring and i don't know but uh yeah at one point i i wanted to only skateboard and uh, I think what happened was I realized I wasn't going to be on the cover of Thrasher, and I, I, I kind of broke my spirit. I was like, "Oh man, such like lofty a- goals, man!" <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 
No, that makes total sense. Uh, is there like a specific brand or anything that uh, kind of gravi- that you kind of gravitate to style wise? That um fucking like 90s yeah like zero toy machine <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah see I, I i did very minimal minimal skating but zero was always the brand i wound up going to because they just to me just had the coolest designs sure like flip they had a killer team but like yeah nowadays i'm just feel like a, a weird out of touch old man like yeah. <laughs> yeah, skateboards dude totally <laughs> you guys remember tony hawk <laughs> The Barrericks. <laughs> yeah, man, I still play underground. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Offspring's still cool, right? <laughs> hello, hello, kids. <laughs> yes, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> I, mean, I still love skate, but I get embarrassed when I go to like the skate park. Man, I'm going to be 35 this year, and like, they can just smell it on you. Man, they look at your board, and they're like, oh, dude, he's got band stickers on his board. Oh, what a <laughs> loser. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those. <laughs> Old guy shit. When you put bang stickers on your skateboard. Like, Fuck you, kid. I've been I've played more shows than you'll ever be at. Hey, you know what? These are my band stickers, so eat a bag yeah. of dicks. Do <laughs> anywhere at the skate park. <laughs> well man, it has been fucking awesome talking with you. But before we head out of here, we do have one more thing to do, which is it's time for us to dig on into our Spotify playlist and figure out. What the hell we've been listening to? What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. (laughs) Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain, what the hell have you been listening to? Brad Brobers suggested the Dahmers when we talked with him. So that's all I've listened to this week. Really? So you fell into that? I did in the dead of night. I think it's their second album. It's, it's really fucking cool. It's uh, it's like Scandinavian ravagers. Really. There's a lot of horror movie themes to it and everything with like punk rock, uh, punk rock speed. And it's like guitar solos. There's some helicopter sounding tracks on there too. That are pretty cool. Yeah, I checked out the first song and I got the vibe for it. And I was like, ooh, I'll like this, but I'm not in the mood for it right now. <laughs> I'm sure there's been bands you've heard that before. And you're like, yeah, I like this, but I don't want to listen to it right now. I got to be in the mood. I'm going to listen to this later when I'm in the mood. Yes. <laughs> hey, if you're in the mood for punk rock with uh, John Carpenter slasher movie themes, then yeah, In the Dead of Night by the Dahmers. Yeah, there you go. All right, Gabs, what the hell have you been listening to? Dude, what do you guys think of that new uh, wildlife record? I fucking love it. Everyone's been raving. It's fantastic, man. Awesome. <laughs> I Dude. fucking love that video. That is one of the best videos I've seen in forever. <laughs> it's really good, dude. I'm like I'm jealous, dude. That's a good video. <laughs> I, I was literally watching it uh, with Mikey earlier, and I was like, "Man, you give me more time and money, I can do this, but we don't have right. the time or money to do this." I saw that too. I was like, they dropped some dime for that. <laughs> you know how to do those kind of special effects? Very mildly, yes. That, that that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to get into and do, like with my own freelance work. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, I know it wasn't like anything spectacular, but they did it first, you know. And I was like, yeah, Shit. no, like, our, like with the, their VHS edits, I can already do that. I, I like, I like, like adding I, that vibe I, to stuff anyway. Probably have like seven or eight different 
apps on my phone that could make that video right yeah now. <laughs> oh yeah so it's like i so it's like i can do some of those it's like i've got final cut pro on the computer so it's like i can do like the fine tune edits and all that stuff so it's like i can knock that shit out but when it comes to like i need an area with green screen if i had an area with green screen i yeah. could do a lot more with this because these Good new life. iphones dude 4K video, 60 frames a second. There's no reason why you can't shoot this on your own dime and then send it to someone to edit, which yeah. is where I step in. <laughs> Even on these things, when you change the background, like that shit, depending on the lighting in your apartment, like looks really legit. Dude, I, no ran, I ran into that. I got this phone upgrade like not too long ago, and then I popped it on fucking po portrait mode, and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm about to become a selfie whore again. <laughs> <laughs> I look fucking good. <laughs> Holy shit. But no, dude, that new wildlife record has been fucking awesome. I, already, I talked about yeah, it last week. Exactly. My favorite song, favorite song still is the first song, Deathbed. I fucking love it that It just comes song. on, you're like, fuck yeah, my day's going to be better <laughs> now that I'm hearing this. I love when they do the hives ear stuff, man, because they're really good at it. And yes. it's really hard to put at that because the hives are so good at it. And like they make it seem easy, and then you try, and you're like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's and whoever produced it and mixed it made it sound. I didn't expect. I don't want to say I didn't expect it to be as good as the last release were or whatever, but it's up there. It's definitely up there, production-wise, quality and everything too, with mixing and the sounds they used. Mm -hmm. like yeah, you said, that hives vibe. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I was worried. Like after they did, uh, they did the one record with Tuck, and then they followed followed it up um, somewhere else. I was like. You guys, like, you guys should have went back to Tuck, dude. That was, like, the best shit you ever did. And I was worried that, like, it was all Tuck and Dan. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I think those guys, like, learned a lot from those guys. Mm -hmm. Smart think so. They figured out how to do it. And yeah, they're great, yeah. And they're great writers, too. Yeah. And Dave's lyrics, man, I love his lyrics, man. He's such a, a, a talented writer. Like, he's a writer. Like, that's what he does, yes. you know? And, and that's one of the things I really appreciate, especially on this new record, is just kind of paying more attention to his lyrics. Because again, as a guitarist, I pay so much attention to the guitar riffs and you know the way the song structure is, and that's what yeah, immediately yeah. grabbed me with them. But now I'm really paying attention to his lyrics, and he is—he's—he's a—he's exactly what you say. He's a poet. He knows how to write lyrics. It's intimidating. Like it makes me like when I hear some of the songs, it's like. How how do I go skating with this guy and like have conversations with him? Like I know, I, right? But like, does he dumb it down for me? Like, does he <laughs> like? Well, you're gonna be skating with Matt today, so like, go easy on him. <laughs> <laughs> be nice. He's a guitar player. <laughs> he's not as advanced yet. He's a little older than you. You know, he's a little duller. <laughs> <laughs> No, those those guys are just fantastic. We've we've had the honor of being able to open for them once, and then seeing that show at the Showdown uh, a few years yeah. ago. Oh my god! Just especially with a in a packed house. That's going to their fans too. Yes, because when they played locally, you know, not many people here in town and Charlotte really knew about them. We brought out a good bit of our friends, and we all had a good nutty time. But when they right. played the Showdown in front of all of their people, yeah, and watching just the way the crowd exploded when they play stuff like Deadbeat and shit like that, it was just ah, oh, such a fun time. And they're a terrific live band too. So. I would say they're one of those bands that you see that's like they're almost better live because yeah. of the intensity and the energy they bring. Like Biters, man, I I I think like same thing, just they're a live band, man. We were yeah. a live band. 
I think the studio shit is great, but seeing them live is like, fuck, dude. Because Ravagers is a live band because between you and Alex, I mean, you guys control the stage with your presence. Yeah, I mean, that just comes from um, having, like, just playing with friends, honestly. I think just playing with your homies and, like, that chemistry there, man. Yeah. Like, and the comfort to it. You can just tell, man. You can just tell when someone's like forcing it and someone just like really wants to be there or someone's really yeah. stoked to be like doing what they're doing. And uh, wildlife have that. And I have that with that, like, you know, Ravagers now. Mm-hmm. No, and that's fantastic. And, and it shows. You, you can see when a band is having fun on stage. You can tell when they're actually enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I awesome. Say- wildlife is another fantastic suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> It's three episodes in a row now. I love it. Well, everyone fucking loves the record. You, when you love something, you got to talk about it. The show's called Something Good For You, and if it's good for you, we got to talk about it. God have you damn got it. any of those guys on the show yet? We have not. Yeah. Uh, we This has been a, just a slow burn on doing the Skype episodes. Usually, we like just talking with people in person, but hell, that's, that's, that's one of the things we want to so. do. I think, I think um, based off your, your energy, you should hit up Spencer Dave. Dude, I would, I would I'd love to talk with both of them, especially with Spence, because I know he does a lot of art, and I think that'd be cool to I, talk I think to. It would be a good listen uh, for people if, if you could get Spence to, on the show. Oh yeah, Spence, I'll hit him up definitely. Yeah, well, reach out. hell I'll yeah, definitely reach out. And then one for me, um, one one of the other podcasts I listen to, they're doing a deep dive into different Kiss records, and they start talking about hotter than hell which made me kind of go back and re-listen to it again because there's a lot of sneaky good tunes on that record. The baked recordings, that is hotter than hell. Yeah, the, the mastering and the producing is like very odd for them for their time, but there's just songs on there like Let Me Go Rock and Roll. That's a fantastic song, and it doesn't get nearly as much love as like Rock and Roll All Night or any of the other ones that get overplayed. Do you think that gets overshadowed by the live version? Well, the live version's also good, but the studio one just has a certain plucky groove to it. I hear you. If that makes any sense. And even songs like Mainline. There's a crudeness to the, to the studio versions of a lot of those songs that um, I find a lot of charm in. Like, like almost like the way that you like love a demo after you go into the studio and record it for real. And you revisit, and you're like, I don't know, man, but there was some magic on that demo, man. We should have. Yes. Demoitis. Yep. Yes, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, I run into that yes, so yes, many yes. times. Where it's like on the demo, when you were finishing up on the specific chord, it rang out a certain way, or you hit the chord wrong in just a certain manner that like sounded right, and you're like, I'm never going to be able to duplicate that, and it's on a track that cannot be used. Because you don't give a shit. You're just, it's a placeholder. You're like, yep. here goes the lead. Yep. And then you look back, you're like, that was the lead. <laughs> now I have to learn that. That was that was good. That was real. That was like heat of the moment. That's what that song wanted, and I gave it. And I don't even know what I did. I blacked out. <laughs> Our guitarist Mikey runs again. into that same stuff. And what's worse is when you do it in practice. When you play something yeah. in practice, and you're like, "Dude, you nailed it. That's the solo. You do it again." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> like, do it again. Don't tell me that. Hold on. Be quiet for a second. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, no, 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 no! You had a certain bend. You you did a different bend. I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about, and it's gone forever. <laughs> Drummer, stop playing. Hold on. Yes. Oh my God. Would you please stop a second? <laughs> <laughs> 
I will take these Sorry, sticks and shove them up here. your ass. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so that, that's a fun one. It, like I said, different vibe, different group than normally, and a bunch of fun little deep cuts to kind of dig into. So that's yeah, fun. no, it's and, so good. And there's boobies on the inside sleeve, right? <laughs> there's boobies everywhere on that. That's record. true. <laughs> I haven't been inside the sleeve, are there? Oh yeah, dude! The hotter than hell photo sessions were just full of debauchery and nakedness, and that was just full on seventies, just grossness. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it was. They, they've talked about it being like their craziest photo shoot. But yeah, so this has been a pretty damn fun episode. So if you guys have enjoyed, definitely check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Something Good Network, where you can get all these shows for a buck and get them early and even exclusive shows like couch potatoes where we dive into old wrestlers like new jack and star wars <laughs> and we're gonna be debuting new jack and star wars there's your patreon <laughs> <laughs> and actually probably by the time this episode comes out we're already starting our king of the hill series uh, we'll already have our first four year series out where we're going through retrospectives of some of our favorite bands in the first four years of their career and all that fun bullshit but enough of our promos and all that good stuff. Gabs, thank you again so much for coming on. And, of course, at the end of the show, as tradition, we're going to have a little bit of tunage from Ravagers. So it'll be your choice, whatever you think would be the best song for us to lead out with. Mm, Susie. All right, we'll Sweet. do Susie. And, Cap, do you have a fucking outro for us? I'm still going to plug Black Cat Guitar and Daredevil Battles. <laughs> second on week this in a show row. <laughs> until they hear me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Word. And this man some gear, guys. Come on. Hype him up.
<laughs> we're broke musicians. We'll, we'll promote you. We good at that promo stuff. Johnny, this man a hype pedal. Come on. <laughs> Brad, Brad Rubbers was telling me about the hype pedal. Like, I've been trying to... Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash something good network.